You are about to witness the very exciting story of a city and its people. Welcome to motherfucking Detroit. What up, though? This is Detroit Mel, another no-name podcast. Well, let's get the preliminaries out of the way before I even get into this uh, into this show. I'm kind of like in that kind of mood where I don't even feel like it today. You know, I'm in a great mood because Michigan won, of course. You know what I'm saying? I gotta get props out to that. But this video is something I want to address. I've been wanting to address for a while. But let me get into preliminaries. Let me get out of the way first. So if you have not done it, please go over down to our um, YouTube page. It is IOW Sports. And you should see everything that we upload. Please hit the like button. Bing. Please hit the subscribe button. Bang. And hit that notification button. Button, bigger the bing, bigger the bing, bang, bang, and you get everything that we upload. For instance, we go live every Monday and Thursday at four to six p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you get every and you have the opportunity to jump in, talk about what we're talking about. Maybe rep your team. Maybe you just want to sit back and relax and just listen to the wonderful commentating that we do, or you can call in, give your take. Whatever you want to do, we make ways for you to get on and talk about, you know, what we're talking about or what you got to say. But if that's not enough, we also have a Facebook page where you can upload funny memes. You can uh, represent your team. You can also, if you're promoting something, promote it on that page. That's what the page is for. It is networking in the name. So networking is what you should be doing. Um, If you are a Chiefs fan. Go over to uh, Wildcard Tees page, or go to a channel on our page. Let me say that. And he does everything Chiefs, everything concerning the Chiefs, talking about the Chiefs. He represents the Chiefs. And then if you're a Jets fan, in, uh, Big Homie Nick Shine has his own Proud Jets fan page. Now we got all that out the way. So for this, I was going to do two separate videos. First, I was going to do um one talking about the sol narrative and now i'm gonna do one about why losing with this regime just seems so much different i decided to combine the two because it kind of in some ways kind of i want to say they kind of are the i want to say the same but they kind of relate to each other i guess for lack of better words if you look at what you've been seeing people if you criticize this team then you're a same old lions person you know and i just really had to address this narrative because first of all that's not giving any credence or any kind of um respect i guess for lack of better words to what a lions fan been dealing with it's like an abusive relationship you know 
they find ways throughout the history, no matter how long you've been a Lions fan, to get you up on a Kool-Aid and then snatch the rug right from under you. They find ways of losing games when they should be winning games. They find way, ways of winning games when you already count them out. There's always something there as a Lions fan to snatch your hope from you. And so you go into more recent years, you get into the Jim Caldwell, Caldwell well years where they were looking like they, they was on the way up. You know, of course, they had some disappointing times, too. Don't get me wrong. But you had some winning records there. And then they fire him. And you said, okay, here comes Matt Patricia. So everybody's excited about Matt Patricia. But I was one of the ones who said, if you look at all the coaches who left New England, none of them were success, successful. I say that um, LeBron Flores is still kind of the the verdict is still out on him, so I won't count him. But Wash, uh, Romeo Correll, um, Josh McDaniels, he's crapping a bit in the Raiders uh, in um, Las Vegas. He didn't do well in Denver. Um, I guess you could say Cliff Chen uh, down in um, Houston. Um, I call him Cliff Chan, so I can't think of his name. <laughs> the coach down in Houston, that was a part of the regime. He did pretty decent, but he kind of destroyed that team on his way out. Um, Joe Judge didn't do well. So, as the list as I, as the list goes on, of coaches who left New England and didn't do well, why do we thought it'd be different with Matt Patricia? So here comes Matt Patricia. He comes into and. He's already combative when he hits the once he hits Allen Park. Just combative. And he does not bring he destroys the locker room, does not bring a good attitude to um to the line organization. So I kinda liken this to and without getting really political, but just hear hear my point and and please do not take the political side to this. But I want you to hear my point. I liken it to Trump getting elected to uh, the presidency it was the right situation at the right time you know and so i say the same thing with hiring dan campbell after leaving out of the patricia era because what you understand is that people saw how bad patricia did not only with his coaching but how he how bad he was with bringing his whole team down the whole mentality and dan campbell comes in with this whole different mentality he comes first of all he's a likable guy you you know whatever you want to say he has a personality that makes you that's alluring it draws you in you like his personality it makes you want to just put on a pads and play for him so he has that personality he has that rah rah we can do a personality and if you look at from what you came from to that it's this, it's kind of that same parallel with the Trump presidency. You know, you, you have that right situation, right time. And that kind of goes into my other part where I want to say why losing with this regime seems different, just hits different because of hard knocks, because of the Dan Campbell changing the identity of this team. 
I say what you want to say. You know, we can discuss about some of the bad calls he did. We can discuss some of the players who we thought weren't going to materialize as draft picks. And that's including uh, Holmes, too, Brad Holmes, too. You can, you, you, we can discuss that, too. But m- my thing is, if you look at, at what Dan Campbell has done as far as the identity and the characteristic and the attitude of his team, it's totally different than what you left from with the Patricia era. So I think that them losing, it's like, oh, man, come on, man. You know, it just feels different because before you kind of expected it. But this here is kind of like, okay, we get, we're a whole different team. It seems different. It smells different. It feels different. You know, everything felt different with this regime. So when you lose, it's just like, like it just took more air out of you than it did before, you know. And then with this SOL narrative, you know, and this is why I say it ties in because now I'm watching other channels and I watch other channels talk about, well, you know, I'm tired of the same old, uh, uh, I'm tired of the uh, SOL narrative and people, you know, SOL people are wrong. There's not, you know, stop using that and this blah, 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 you know, that whole Cause I won't get no specifics. I'm not talking about anybody specific, but it's just a whole chatter and rhetoric I hear about people saying because you criticize the team, you're a saint, you're a SOL person. But I beg different. I think that any team, any team that you follow, I don't care who you are, what team it is, we can take the Chiefs. There's always something you can criticize about the Chiefs, as great as they are. You can go to Buffalo Bills. It's something you can criticize with Buffalo Bills. I mean, you can go down the line, each team. Now, the better team you are, the less it's to criticize. But there's always something you can criticize by every team. And I think as as Lions fans, if we are supposedly building something great, let's build a strong foundation. So when we go, don't 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 just build crap. No, don't put a bunch of wall stuff on a shiny foundation. Let's build a strong foundation. What I mean by that is that if we're going to build something, you know what I'm saying? Let's build it with something that's going to be lasting, a long-lasting thing. That's how I build something that takes on a run real quick and gets it to the playoffs. So, uh, say, say we take it to the Super Bowl, but next year uh, and we lose, but then next year we don't go back to Super Bowl or 10 years from now we'll go back to Super Bowl. What does that do? That's a temporary fix. But if you get a strong, a solid, strong foundation, then you can go back multiple times and possibly win multiple Super Bowls. And so you're going to, I think that we should want and deserve better, want and deserve greatness. And so in doing that, you're going to criticize certain things. No, do I, do I think it's the same old Lions? No, I do not. But just because I criticize certain things don't mean I'm a same old Lions person. And I think that's the part that I want to address because I hear that so much. So much with people, it's like, oh, you criticize it. You want to say more lines, people? No, I'm gonna criticize. If I see Hutch having a bad game, I'm gonna say something. That, that mean, you know, what I'm saying how these people, oh, Hutch is the greatest. Oh, no, he's not. He's a great. He, I mean, has he been improving? Has he been showing up in some games? Oh my God, yes. Kirby Joseph been showing up in some games. Yes. Okuda, yes. Rodriguez, yes. I mean, um, St. Brown, yes. Jared Goff is still up and down. 
So, you know, so I'm going to criticize Jared Goff. Do I think every game they lose is Jared Goff's fault? No. But just because I, I make a statement that's negative against Jared Goff doesn't mean I think every game is Jared Goff's fault. Just because I make a, sta- a statement against Hutch doesn't mean I think that Hutch is a bust. He still has things he needs to prove on. He's a rookie. I think that we have our expectations way up here for certain players. They come in, you know, you got Hutch way up here. And then, you know, so he can't do no wrong. No. We need to have our expectations of what the team is going to be. I'm not talking about expectations of what we want. There's a difference. What I'm saying is what this team is striving to be and what these what this team is are two different things. Our expectations for what we want this team to be should be high. Our expectations for what this team is should be a little bit even keel. I think that's the issue. One of the, one of the many issues I have with Lions fans and content creators. Um, I love my team. I rep my team all the time. Anybody know me? Know I rep my team. Hell, I got Lions hands hat on now. So you know, so I'm gonna rep my team no matter where I'm at, no matter where I go. At the same time, I'm gonna be realistic about my representation of my team. Just period. You know, I'm not an SOL uh, person. At all, but I'm gonna criticize my team. Period. And I think that anybody, if if you're gonna be a fan of the Lions, you should be criticizing the team. I heard somebody say, um, that because somebody's calling for uh, Bryce Young uh, to be the quarterback. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm not saying exactly what they said because I don't want to pinpoint who who I'm talking about because I know one thing about the internet. You say one thing, they take it and run with it. And just because I am answering something I heard doesn't mean I'm against that person who said it. But anyway, because I, I because some person calls for uh, Bryce Young to be the quarterback, you know that's a that's a bad thing. Oh, that you know, y'all should be looking that we're gonna go to the playoffs and you know, y'all worried about Bryce Young and this and that. Jared Goff is not that it's not a long-term answer. I mean, if you look at the last game against Buffalo, the safety, if you had an athletic quarterback, it wouldn't have been a safety because as soon as they hit him, he stumbled and fell. Athletic quarterback would have ran out, ran out of the end zone, period. He got turned around on one play and almost threw a pick. Turned all the way around, almost did like a a ballerina move. You know what I'm saying? And just threw the ball. When he gets rattled, he makes mistakes. That's not championship caliber quarterbacking. Period. I mean, that's not. Does he do he does well underneath passes? He does well at crossers and stuff like that. He does well as that. He does well with a clean pocket. You know, but then doesn't matter how great our offensive line is, you're not gonna always have a clean pocket. It doesn't it doesn't matter how great the play call is. Sometimes you have to improvise. You can't the play calls you throw the same brown on on a, on a crosser, but you see a better play open. You got to be able to make that decision to make to throw that better throw. The the pass to uh, DJ um, Chark on the throne. And we can argue DJ Chark can get his head around, but still, that was, wasn't a great pass. 
he still don't pass the ball deep down the field. You know, he just don't do that. Is he is he has deeper than most people give him credit for? I, I give him that. He does throw a little deeper than most people give him credit for, but he still can't throw a deep ball. Period. So he's not the answer. So for someone calling for you to bring in Bryce Young, it's a it's a pretty much a a respectable um, take on Jared Goff. Okay, I can see that. You know. All right. Now. I'm gonna say the last couple of things. I'm gonna get out your way, but I really want. Well, I'm really making this video for discussion. So get into the comments, you know. And if I'm wrong, holla at me. But I, I, I really believe that we as Lions fans have our expectations too high. Coming in a second year of this regime, they may. At the beginning of the year, we felt they had made good, great picks. Some people, I, I'm not. Some people say no, they thought they didn't. But you know, but for the most part, most people thought they made great picks. You know, um, the Hutch pick, um, um, Kirby Joseph pick. I know a lot of people was high on that, and it took a while for for Kirby Joseph to develop. It, you know, Hutches have some up and down games. But for the most part, for a rookie, I think he's been solid. He's been decent. Rodriguez has been flying around. He might have one or two games. He hasn't. But for the most part, he's been flying around, making plays, gap assignment, be tight. You know, the last game, he played a great game. Akuda been injured for, for like, what, two, three years. So but he's finally coming to his own. You know, he wasn't drafted by his regime, but just, he's one of the highlights that you see. Um... Jamison Williams is still a um, question mark. We don't know what he's going to look like. Uh, DJ Chart. Here's the thing about DJ Chart. Is it DJ Chart uh, a bust? Or is it that the quarterback can't get him the ball because he is a deep threat? Just a, just a uh, question for thought. Food for thought. No. Just this food for thought. Jared Goff is the type of quarterback... He has, a, I mean, he has his favorite, which we know is St. Brown. That's his bailout guy. You have a great uh, tight end in um, um, Hawkinson, but doesn't get used a lot, uh, utilized a lot because of the type of quarterback we have, type of play calling that we call. It's not take away from who Hawkinson is. It's just he didn't fit into this, the way we way we scheme and the quarterback that we have. Could that be the same thing with DJ Chark? And if so, how much, how greater you see Jamison Williams? Would Jamison Williams be the same thing? Now, only thing I only caveat I say about Jamison Williams is that because of his speed, you can use him multiple ways. You can hit him on crossers and let his speed do the rest. You know, you can put him on um, coming out the backfield. You can do a lot. You can almost do him like I would say Debo Samuel, but he's not really a you know, have a big body frame. He had a big body frame. You can almost use him like Debo. But, you know, you can use him similar to Debo, but not as not as quite the same because of the body frame. But so you can use him different because he has that elite speed. But outside of that, you know, I'm, I'll wrap this up, is that um, 
This SOL narrative has to stop. Just because somebody criticizes team doesn't mean they are an SOL person. Just mean they want better for this team. That's it, period. They want better for this team. Doesn't mean they believe they're just the same old lines. You know what I'm saying? We need to cut that mess out. And then, you know, I hear everybody, oh, we can we can make the we can make the playoffs. We can make the playoffs. I never came in this year thought they're gonna make the playoffs. Cause you know, I try to keep my expectations realistic. You're talking about a second year coach. You're talking about a majority of the roster that has rookies. They still have to learn the game, learn get the speed of the game. And a lot of times, unless you are an exceptional talent, it takes you midway or towards the latter part of the season to kind of catch on to what the speed of the game is, what the NFL is. You know, so you, you, you to me, you had your expectations up way up here. They should have been down here. Now they went they went three out of four in November. Now we're still going back to playoffs. I had them at six games at the beginning of the year. Look at the way they play. They should be able to beat the rest of these teams. Period. Now where they go under I'm not saying they go undefeated, but they I don't see a team that they can't beat that's on the rest of the roster that said that way. So could they give them a playoff? I mean, Tampa Bay just lost. The Ravens just lost. Um, so that's that's pushing the NFC um, leaders further, further down. So if they go six out of them seven games, five out of seven games, that could be a playoff push. It could be, you know. So okay, they make the playoffs. Then what? They lose in the first round. They don't have the talent right now. To be real, they don't have the talent right now to make a big push in the playoffs. They just don't. You know, so why even drink the Kool-Aid? I'm not saying that they shouldn't play to win. Play to win. But I'm talking more along ways of expectations. You know, my expectation, if they make it, hey, that's cool. But my expectation is for, not, for them not to make the playoffs. My expectation is for them to be a three-year building process. So now the third year is coming up. Now, third year, I'm looking at, oh, we should be in the playoffs, you know, based on how the rest, well, let's see how the rest of this year play off, but based on what they've done so far compared to what they might do, potentially, let's say potentially can do for the rest of the year, take that momentum, make some great draft picks, boom. It should be a playoff run, period. Green Bay seems to be down. Chicago depends on what they do next year. They're gonna have a high draft pick. They're gonna have a high picks next year because they're not winning a lot of games. Green Bay might even have a high pick. They're not they're not winning a lot more games. And they got a tougher schedule. So that's two people in our division that may get some great picks or even pick before us. But that's that's a whole other video. But anyway, like, share, and subscribe. Please get in the comments. I, I would like to continue this discussion. Do you think that because you criticize somebody and make you an SOL, um, an SOL fan? And why does losing with this regime just seem different? Is it because, because of he bought into the hype of Dan Campbell? I don't know. But anyway, until next time, peace.